0: costs to originate keep rising even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS and you can learn more at Vesta.com. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire with Ryan Marshall, CEO and founder of Equity Protect to talk about a very specific and growing kind of fraud risk. Ryan, what is deed fraud?
1: In today's landscape, scammers follow a series of steps, often by obtaining a list of properties without mortgages and are frequently non-owner occupied from industry providers like Title Toolbox or Title 365. They then delve a little deeper, identifying properties with recently recorded grantor grantee deeds where the notary stamp is still valid. They'll take the deed, they'll modify the deed in a electronic uh, format something like adobe pro they'll change the ownership details to their own they'll add a fictitious escrow number they'll modify the recording request to appear legitimate and then they'll make slight alterations to the return address making sure that that title company or the proposed uh, title company never sees a copy of it they then carefully refine the copy to make sure that it resembles an original document and then they simply submit it to an online service provider or they physically walk it into a county recorder's office. The next step is the scammer will visit a local bank with uh lax security measures in place, they assume a false identity, they apply for a loan, patiently wait a three-day rescission period, deposit the money into an account that's often held for five to seven days, they'll withdraw it, and then they vanish without a trace.
0: Ryan, thanks for letting us know about that. Listeners, you can find out more information about deed fraud and how to prevent it at equityprotect.com. Hey
2: everybody, we have a special edition of the Housing Wire Daily. I am here with Mose Gatling, a heavy hitter at Loan Depot, based out of Las Vegas, the mortgage capital of the world in some respects. All the trade conferences are there. Uh, Mosey, I know that you're doing a lot of work in kind of a space that I think a lot of other originators don't spend a lot of time on. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in Vegas, what you're working on.
3: Well, I am doing a lot of FHA laws. Okay. Um, I find that, well, of course, housing is needed by everyone. But part of the pandemic itself and people working from home, that increase in rental rates, we saw such a spike. We saw people literally having increases of what used to be $25 to $50 maybe per year an increase in 2021, it turned into $600, $800 increase per year. And what's insane is people were getting notices just equal to that of what they have to give when they actually leave their apartment. So if you had to give a 60 day notice, you were getting 60 day notice that your, your rent would increase $800 or then have to move to avoid that cost. But then the cost became more universal. So it was people that were needing to maybe get out of that rental and maybe look at the the opportunity to own very, very quickly. Maybe they, it wasn't on their mind to even buy in the first place, mm-hmm. but now they're put in this position. So I ended up doing a lot of FHA loans because they had a lower down payment requirement. They also can be paired with down payment assistance. Sure. So there was a lot of, just availability to help those people that were met with that need more instantaneously. And they didn't get to plan and kind of set aside that money that might be needed. So lots of FHA loans, lots of movement in the market because of rental rates changing. uh, When in Vegas, they stayed pretty relative for a long period of time. People, people would rent for a long time in Vegas uh, because of that lack of change. Sure. And then, COVID happened, right? Right. And (laughs) then everything changed. And then everything changed. So yeah, lots of FHA loans I've done the last couple of years because of that reason. I think that that's why it's not as much of that planning that goes into, hey, maybe in a year I want to buy. No, no, no. They're they're getting short-term notice and they're shifting. So we were finding products to really meet that need of that quick turn time. So that low down payment helped a ton. One thing that we've often
2: heard from the consumer marketplace is the FHA loan is not as competitive. The real estate agents will tell their clients, you know, wait for a conventional, wait for a cash buyer. What are you seeing on the ground in Vegas? Are the sellers and their agents receptive to the FHA loan given, I mean, affordability is at, I think in a lot of cases a crisis level, right? Right. I can't imagine Vegas is any different, but what is it like as an LO, you know, on the ground... Dealing with the agents, trying to get your, your
3: prospective, um, you know, home buyer into, into a home. I think the attitude about FHA has changed a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is a good thing Yeah. in the moment when people were bidding over bidding and bidding over again, <laughs> like it didn't just happen twice. Right. People were $200,000 over ass. Yes, I mean, that, crazy, crazy that wasn't stuff. a great FHA market, but yeah. I think now with the prices and the rates, where they are, you're going to get that true core homeowner that's out there. Not people flooding in from other markets that may not already have housing in the area. We saw a lot of that in Vegas. Um, a lot of but, people
2: fleeing California and California, IGM,
3: you know, Especially California. They were able to sell areas. homes at high dollar, mm-hmm. have large cash down payments are all cash. And I think that that's where a lot of this extra money came from to be able to pay more for that home, then maybe someone that was getting financing would be even willing to pay to start with. Sure. And we saw that in Boise. We saw that oh, in all absolutely. kinds of markets. that absolutely. are sort of Still West Coast, yeah. but not, not quite coastal. Right? So now that true core homeowner that lives maybe in the area already that needs a home that rents. Yes, they're going to take that FHA now. As long as they know that the loan is good. They also look for the qualification to come from a reputable company or a reputable LO in the market where mm-hmm. they can phone that friend and really ask like, hey, have you dealt with this person before? Um, if it comes from a reliable source, they're going to take that FHA qualification all day long, especially right now. Even
2: if they have 3% down, they're, they're yes. still going to see, you know, this this is a viable deal in a market that is, you know, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's got to be so tough to find people who even have a $100,000 down payment unless they're you know, a move up or a move down buyer, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And there's not as many move up buyers in the market right now. Who's crazy enough to do that unless you have, you know, one of those, um, you know, a spouse you know, has something unfortunate happens something where you get a new job, right? A divorce, divorce or something like that. Right, because right.
3: I've told my children, you guys are gonna have to bury me in this house at this 2.875 because <laughs> yes. I really can't see myself, you know, making that move. I can't digest that at this point in time. There's, I don't see that in my future unless something also significant happens on the side with maybe increase in income. Sure. Um, my, my children have grown up, but I even see myself downsizing means that house is going to still cost me more. Right. So yeah, it's a really viable option for FHA, low down payment. If there's down payment assistance, I feel like agents are more receptive to it. They're actually asking for it. Like, is there a way to help this person? Because this is who's in front of me right now with the other segments of the market that we did have floating around during the pandemic. They're just kind of not there. Do you find that you're at an advantage
2: because you have a lot of experience working with FHA? You, you know the down payment assistance program. There are more than two thousand of them in the country, and and they add a lot of complexity in some cases to the file. Do you then have an advantage because you can, you know, convince a you know a prospective client,
3: hey, like I've done this two hundred times before. You know, I'm your gal. Yes, I absolutely do. Um, a couple years ago, I had said, "The smartest kid in the room is going to win." I feel that being an LO is a little bit different now. You have to be that person that people want to go to because you're going to know where to go next. Mm. Um, I think when I was on stage, I was kind of talking about that a little bit. Everybody has that friend that they can call when they need something because they just know that they're a great resource. And if they can't get it for you, they're going to know who to call to figure it it out. You have to now be that person as the LO. It's like you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Right. You got it. Same principle. You got yeah. it. Exactly. So it it really has helped me kind of just knowing the programs. At one point, I wasn't exercising them as much. Sales were going very fast. People did have down payments, but making sure I'm in the know is more critical just because you have to be able to answer that question if you get that phone call.
2: Mm. What percentage of your, your clients these days are first-time
3: home buyers? It's got to be very high, I imagine right?: Very high. I would say probably let's go about 87 percent. OK, it's very high. <laughs> very high. And then the others are probably what we described earlier, the
2: divorce or you know some sort of life event is life event, yeah. um,
3: whether it's downsizing, upsizing, the buyers that are maybe moving from other markets to try to retire, hmm. or they do get a job transfer. But um, very few, a lot of first-time buyers that now have that opportunity that put them on the, because of course, COVID put them on the sidelines when they were putting in 15, 16 offers. It was just the frustration that had them on the sidelines of the mortgage market. Now, because of the current circumstances, even though rates are higher, they find an opportunity to get back in the market where they were being outbid before. Because Mm -hmm. now, at least if they see something, they have a fighting chance to be able to get it. And maybe you refi in four years or whatever, you know,
2: who knows when the next refi boom will hit, but (laughs) eventually it will hit, right? Like it has to at some point. At some point, we all hope, right? (laughs) Let me ask. So you're doing a lot of FHA loans. Have you seen a big improvement since the MMI changes, the 55 basis point? That was such a game changer
3: to where if the pricing might be a little bit more competitive on an FHA, it has more programs it can be coupled with. People are doing less of the comparison between the two. We offer it, of course, to let them know what it would be. But with that MI, especially if you're talking someone with a FICO score, maybe between 620 and 680, like it seals the deal, right? If you're not doing more than 20% down, that would be the advantage of a conventional. But the MI would be higher on someone with a 640, 660 FICO score than even FHA. It's almost double in those lower FICO score ranges. So. That mi rate so it's it's crazy that it's more of a taker now, um, without maybe thinking twice about do they go forward with that purchase that that lowering has changed the game.
0: This is Sarah Wheeler, editor in chief at Housing Wire, with Melinda Wilner, chief operating officer at UWM. Melinda, what should independent mortgage brokers be doing right now to prepare for when rates do eventually come down? It's a
4: great time to think about such an exciting time ahead a couple things. One, focusing on scalability of their business, how to do loans more quickly and with even greater service. It's a great time right now to really focus on the experience with the borrower too. And the referral partners, the realtors, the people that they work with today to get business really uh, strengthen those relationships, but really a giant focus on how to give the borrower the best experience so that when rates fall, it's a no-brainer. Let's do this again. Let's get our rate lowered. And then thirdly, really just focusing on the business and building the business. So whether it's marketing strategies, how am I going to do things differently uh, when it's a refinance period? Um, How am I going to um, train better and quicker next time if they intend on growing and adding to their team? What are the things that I can do to make training more quickly and and easy in the future? So it's a really great time to think about such an exciting time, but really important to think about and take the time to think about what's ahead.
0: All great points and listeners, you can find out more at UWM.com.
2: Let, let's talk a little bit about prospecting because that that seems to be how you get it done these days, right? Right. You don't have a lot of buyers who are ready, willing, and able to jump in right now. A lot of first-time home buyers. So you're really going to have to work, I imagine, real estate, agent connections, your traditional referral par- partners, but then also find new sources of business, right? Yes. So what are you doing in, in Las Vegas? It's a competitive market.
3: Super competitive. Um I want to be able to change the game up a little bit and make sure I'm doing everything I can to reach more of the consumer directly. Hmm, So I am talking to real estate agents, but from a different standpoint, really trying to talk with them about loan programs, uh, different ways to maybe market their listings that help me talk to the consumer. There's so many loan products that are out there. So I feel that since everybody is really whether it's an agent or LO, everybody's really trying to find that next buyer and how to prospect. So I feel that the floodgates have kind of been open to maybe have some of these conversations with realtors that they weren't really willing to dig in on that side before and kind of talk about deconstructing what a renovation loan is. But let me tell you, if you have a listing client and those cabinets are ugly, I feel like you need to know what this does because at the point of walking into that home, my real estate agent needs to be able to articulate that to the people coming in at that point. Right, she better know what
2: a 203K means. Exactly,
3: what does it mean? Does it take longer to close? Mm -hmm. How do we do it? How much might those cabinets talk? So it's pooling those resources. Like I said, you have to be the hookup. So can I get a designer maybe to meet with the real estate agent to tell them what something like that might cost? So that agent has relative experience literally at that point of sale. Of course, knowing that I do renovation loans and I can articulate it as well and get that deal done in a regular 30-day escrow is insane. So yes, they would refer me. So I'm changing the way I'm going about it. I do the same with home builders and even going directly now to employers because guess what? Stable employees work really hard. They climb the ladder as far as working to get promotion and increases at work when they have a goal of home ownership. So people would be amazed that now going to an employer and saying, hey, can I come in and do some classes and talk to your people about maybe owning and what that looks like? They're more than willing now. We're in a housing crisis, right? And like I said, it's not only home ownership, it's renting now. It's home stability for families. So if that employer is like, wow, you're going to come in and kind of talk to them. They're going to have goals. They're going to come to work. They're going to have something to work toward. Maybe they get in a home and they're going to be long time career employees for my business. Motivation. My daughter is 25. She closed on a house two years ago. As her mother, I've never seen her work harder when she had the goal of ownership and she knew she was so close to getting a house and then went into contract and closed. It changed her entire mentality. It made her s- such a hustler. And you can take people that aren't commissioned, that are hourly employees, and make them such hustlers when they are grinding to be able to own a home. So when you have that conversation and can articulate that to an HR person, they're intrigued. It is the new way to get kind of directly to that consumer and control that business even. And then you can bring your realtor partners in. So it is an amazing avenue. It's just a little bit of a shift in how to get to the consumer and how to prospect. Yeah. And that's such an interesting
2: flip, right? Because for so long, it was, you were waiting on the real estate agent to call you and say, Hey, I've got, I've got this person, you know, I, I think they're probably going to buy this house. Right. Can you get ready? And now you are um, yes. you know, and, and it also comes at a time for the buy side agent who is very much under a lot more strain, a lot more pressure. There oh, yeah. are a lot of them are going to be washing out in the yes. next couple of years as well, right? Absolutely. And and so you need to be very selective about the partners that you're going to be working with, right? Right. And, it's a little bit Now you bit have different. more of a yeah. You have a I'm little more power lunches
3: too. now. People are calling me asking me to take them go. Go. to lunch because as the LO and the mortgage person, we're more of the educator, the one that can bring the financial experience to the table. And I like to say, I have the receipts to back it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a real estate agent talking about the money because the LO gives the money. So it's somewhere where I can go and maybe take my partners with me, you know? Um, In order to bring them into that space instead of the way it's always been where the realtor wants to bring me to their open house to bring me into that space to meet the consumer. Now I have a different way of going about that, whether it be a home builder that needs homes sold or whether it's direct to an employer. Because they're very intrigued by that. Because again, it is a crisis. You, your employees can't focus at work if they have housing issues or sure. they find or their landlord has $200,000 in equity and decides split second they want to go ahead and sell the house. That employee is going to miss work. It, it, it affects their bottom line in their business. So it, it's something different to really think about when you're out prospecting or looking at sources to be able to prospect to change in this market. Yeah, this is interesting. You're you're looking at a lot of different
2: really direct sources that, you know, I I think a lot of LOs don't really, maybe they'll mine their CRM, maybe they'll Mm -hmm. spend, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, talking to the same real estate agents or going to open houses or whatnot, but you don't hear a lot of them uh, going to, you know, office parks in in Carson City and and delivering a a keynote of sorts. So
3: absolutely. And that's what you do. That's yeah. what you do. You you can partner with your um, down payment assistance agencies, your HUD counselors. You're bringing the know-how to the table. So what really, right now, as an LO, it to me, I see opportunity that maybe wasn't there before because it was easy, right? We had homeowners sure. falling sure. out of the sky. Yeah. And, and so nobody so many wanted to do real estate agents these
2: things. and LOs were, were able to, to have really solid years, probably the best years of their careers. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this isn't to suggest that, you know, they were doing a bad job or they weren't prepared, but it's a very different market. Mm -hmm. And if you don't adapt and adapt quickly, you're going to get left
3: behind. Yes. Yes. And I'm finding a lot of agents are more open to different perspective, maybe changing the way we used to do things and going forward. So it it is definitely not being afraid to try something different, Um, dump what we used to do on its head and kind of, you know, change the game. Uh, I feel that it's needed right now because if I was doing things the same way I did pre COVID, I I could just call. I do work my CRM. I talk to my past buyers. I want to know what they're doing or thinking or invite them to a class I'm doing, maybe talking about or bringing in partners. I I think that that's huge too. Um, Doing an all call for people that are self-employed and, want to know what steps to take the first three steps to take, to be prepared to buy a house in 2024 and then bring in that tax professional to kind of talk to them and get them prepared. So I feel that my partnerships, like I said, I want to be the hookup. My partnerships are key to really bridging the gap because I want to be that expert of those things and bring in everybody that they would need. And in these cases, if they're not just thinking mortgage or they don't want the pressure of coming to my office or meeting with me, because if they wanted to meet with somebody, they, they can find them. But calling them out because I've got another expert with me that is equally credible, that can really help them change their life mm-hmm. is where it's at.
2: Yeah. I bought a house in Pennsylvania in 2021, got a rate at like two, seven. Oh, that's awesome. Incredible stuff. Right. (laughs) And the value that I got from my advisor on the buy side was not the agent. It was the loan officer because he was able to say, these are the contractors nearby. If you want to get this fixed, this is what you can actually immediate equity. If you want to change the kitchen, for example, or the bathroom. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the value I think is starting to, in some cases come much more on the yellow side, but to provide that, though, you have to have a wide range of knowledge. Yes. Because, you know, maybe I needed that service, but a different type of buyer doesn't, right. and they need something different. But right? you're going
3: to remember that, LO. And I would refer that person. That's what I'm talking about. Jeff, you just look, you're a perfect example of what that looks like. Being that person that has all of the tools, that knowledge, and even if you can't do it yourself, your circle, the circle, the people I surround myself with have to be able to right now for me to do my job it looks a lot different than it used to um and making that change has been incredible in my business and making sure that it continued even this year well thank you so much for being with me i really appreciate it it's been thank it's been you a joy though. to learn
2: a lot about uh, how to do things a very unorthodox way yes so, yes. so kudos cheers and then good luck you. in 2023 and and hopefully we'll, we'll hit that refi boom at some point some point, point, <laughs>
1: point.
2: Fingers crossed thank All you right. james thank I you so much you. Have a i good appreciate one. it you too <laughs>